finishes him. How about that? One. What a hit. Falls free on the ground. South Carolina deserves to have it, and they do. Oh, he has trouble with the snap, and the ball is free. It's picked up by Michigan State. Jalen wants Jackson, and he scores on the last play of the game. Unbelievable. Way to the end zone, and Georgia is going to conquer the Crimson Tide. You got barbecue back there, and you didn't invite me. All right, hello and welcome back to Serial Bowls. Our guest today is Ryan Nanny of Shutdown Fullcast fame. He is formerly of SP Nation and came up on the well-known college football vlog, Every Day Should Be Saturday. Ryan, how are we doing today? I'm great. I, 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 feel, like, I feel like we're starting to exit winter and, and I can like start to feel hope again and warmth again. So I'm excited about that. Yeah, yeah it's he, been a very unusual warm winter so far. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, it's 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 been frustrating, but we're getting mm-hmm. there. Did y'all get that cold snap? That, like up here, there was a time when it was like four degrees, and I was yes. like, I was like, what is happening? Yes, yes, we we did we did indeed get that. And um, I live in Nashville, and let me tell you what Nashville is never ready for, and that is cold weather of any sort. It's yeah. great. Yeah, we're Virginia based, so it's it's a little bit better, but really not that much. Right, right. Yeah. We're still talking about places that are like, hey, if it could just never snow, that would be great. <laughs> yeah, that's, right. That's what we're looking for. Um, all right, so just to start off, I want to say you, you've made a terrible mistake. Uh, Patrick, <laughs> Patrick's a Georgia fan, and I like Notre Dame. So you've you've fallen into our trap. You know um. what? That's that's fine because I'm gonna tell you. I'm gonna let you in on a little bit of a secret. I don't hate Notre Dame as much as Spencer would like would like me to on the show. Spencer's hate for Notre Dame is not a bit. It is real. It is based on personal experience, and I get it. But I am like pretty much fine with Notre Dame at this point. Like. I don't have a big I don't have a big gripe with him. Georgia, I'm not gonna ever root for Georgia. <laughs> but like even that once I, I think once I I have I accepted that the championship list streak was done, I made my peace with it. It's fine. We go. live we live in a Georgia centric yeah. world and I have to come to terms with that. Yeah, so I wanted to like briefly touch on that, like as like you're, obviously, you're a Florida fan, or maybe not obvious for our audience. Ryan's a Florida fan. Yes. Um, has your experience, like in the college football media, like as more of like a national guy, sort of blunted that edge for your rivals, or is it still just always bubbling under the surface? I think, by and large, I, well, so so I think it doesn't change the games themselves. Like it really doesn't influence how who I want to win. I'm married to a Tennessee fan, and. I remember um, at one point when we were still just dating, we went to a Tennessee Florida game. And this was during the stretch where just like Florida won that game every year and Tennessee was in its like Derek Dooley doldrums. Oh. And, and on the way to the game, I tried to have a talk with myself where I was like, you know, 
it would be really nice if she could see her team win this once and blah, blah, blah. And the second the game kicked off, I was like, nope, just want Florida to win. (laughs) Just like only want Florida to win. But outside of that, yes, it is like, I think it's just a product of interacting with people who aren't sort of died in the wool. And like you sort of naturally sort of float outside of your, your fandom lane. And now, like, yeah, I, I have I have Ohio State friends. I have Georgia friends. I'm married to a Tennessee grad. I have LSU and Auburn friends. And so I've worked with Florida State people that I like a lot. So it, it does sort of it does sort of like dampen it. The flip side is this. When those teams stink, it's a lot funnier because now <laughs> I have like a personal connection to them. When my like if Miami continues to stink after all the effort they put forward to get Mario Cristobal and to be kings of NIL and all that, it's nice that I now have like personal people that I can go poke about that. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's better than getting the group chat fired up. You mm-hmm. know, um, we've got in, in our, you know, from our college buddies, it's a bunch of SEC fans of various schools. So for me, uh, whenever it's like Georgia Ole Miss or Ole Miss, South Carolina, I just get to sit back and enjoy it because no, yes. yes. no matter who wins or who loses, I win. You're like, so. someone's, someone's going to be pissed and insist yeah. that they got cheated or that yeah. they need to fire their coach or both. Yeah. It happens all the time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I certainly didn't go through a Stetson Bennett meltdown the first year of him quarterbacking the Georgia Bulldogs. <laughs> certainly did not happen. <laughs> Yeah, I, I wish I wish I had screenshotted the national championship game text from the Alabama game because uh, he was just like, "Get him out, get him out! I can't watch I mean, him anymore." <laughs> I mean, it. Listen, I think what we've learned from Stetson himself is that your doubt and your hateration fueled him, and they made him great. So right. in a way, you were really helping the dogs. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. yeah. It was a, it was a crazy how quick of a turnaround it was. Where I was like, he's not getting it done, and then five minutes later, like greatest quarterback of all time. <laughs> <laughs> Never in doubt. Isn't it great when you get to watch yourself be the dumbest person on yes. Twitter? Like it's mm-hmm. good when you do it in the group text or in the privacy of your home. So you're just like, okay, I didn't show my ass publicly. But every time we're like, you know cold sports taking someone or dragging somebody for like being way overreacting. I'm like, we have all had that moment. We have yeah, all been yeah. the dumbest sports fan ever. Yeah. Um, yeah. I don't, I can't like, I just go, I black out during Notre Dame games. Sometimes <laughs> so you, you, you pull up the text thread. You're like, I wanted to fire that team chaplain. I'm not really, <laughs> I was like, I think I was going a little overreacting. <laughs> And the, and the second the game ends, the clarity, you're like, I need to relax. It's yeah. like, it's just a game. Yep. And then you yep. remember that for six days and 20 hours until the yeah. next one kicks off. That's right. That's why you have to cherish the bye week because it yeah. means extra sanity for you. Yeah. Right. yeah. Um, and speaking of just sanity in Florida, how is, as a Gators fan, how are you taking this whole – uh, Jalen or Jane Rashida nonsense. Um, I guess relatively well. I think it helps that like everything that has come out about that saga feels extremely Florida the state, if not necessarily Florida the university. So like the idea that 
people would come along and promise millions of dollars that they didn't have and then sort of have no plan when that didn't work. I can at least be like, oh, that's like a Carl Hyacin novel prompt or something. <laughs> like, it, 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 it at least feels familiar. Um, right. It is stupid and it is kind of embarrassing, but I think in a weird way, I think it helps that it is it is kind of detached from the school itself. Like, yeah, there, Florida's had a number of head coaching hires that you're sort of like, what are these guys doing? They're not recruiting well, or I don't like what they're, I don't like the decisions they make in game. I don't know why Dan Mullen decided he had to dress up like fucking Darth Vader after beating Missouri. Like, what is that about? Damn. So, <laughs> so it's nice that on this one, I can just be like, oh, random florida fans are stupid assholes <laughs> hey, great. i would have told you that six months ago so it doesn't yeah. at least it doesn't like destroy my perspective on how the world works yeah yeah i, I think yeah watching it happen and i think it florida i think is sneaky underrated for mess especially yes. in the in the booster class and uh, among the fan base i feel like i've talked with people about this before is florida does not would rather go nine and three scoring fifty points a game, yeah, than go thirteen and zero scoring twenty. I feel I like th- they they want to win like a certain way. They want to win. They want to win a certain way. So I th- I think that is mostly true. I think what is interesting is there is this is just a hunch. This is not like I know how the boosters work. You would have Stephen Godfrey on if you wanted to have that conversation. <laughs> um, I think there is the possibility of a schism coming because the, the the perspective you're talking about is still very Steve Spurrier centric. It's yeah. I grew up on the fun and gun and I loved Danny Werfel and it was fun hanging, you know, 47 points on teams and this, that, and the other. There are, you know, increasingly you are going to get graduates and donors and people who are just like, yeah, like the visor is fun and I like that he still like says salty stuff, but I don't have that same personal connection. So I I would not be surprised if in the next three to four years you get a split where there are some people who are like, Florida needs to look the way you're talking and other people yeah. who are like, no, Florida needs to win. Like I don't right. want eight and four, but we score a lot of points. I want to beat Georgia. I want to beat Tennessee. Yeah, I think the rise of Tennessee and then also South Carolina's surprising competence all yeah. of a sudden, like, because like, when Beamer got hired, I was like, oh, brother. I was like, <laughs> I was like, because, you know, up here in Virginia, like, Frank is, patient, is basically a saint. Yeah. Um, and, you know, frankly, for what he did with tech, like, he should be. But I was just like, what are we doing here? But then in two years, like, he's really turned it around. He's got them, like, playing in a way, like, I haven't seen South Carolina play in quite a while. And, you know, if I was in your SEC East team like Florida, I'd say I, we can't really screw around anymore. No, I mean, this is a Florida team that lost to Vanderbilt. Oh yeah, they did happen, didn't it? That, <laughs> that's not ideal. Like there, and 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 look, I think Vanderbilt is trying to be better than it has been, but there is still no. It's not like Kentucky of the last couple of years, where you're like, if you lose to some of these recent Kentucky teams. It sucks, but you can sort of talk yourself through it and be like, you know, they're sending guys to the draft. They are super well coached. They they are recruiting better than they have in years past. 
losing to Vanderbilt is still just like, oh, Jesus Christ, guys, what the fuck? What you can't have it. Yeah. You can't yeah, have it. You can't. No, you really yeah. can't. Yeah. So, um, yeah, uh, Florida is also a school that has benefited from being the least outwardly messy of the three prominent state schools over the last, I don't know, let's call it 10 years. Um, even though they've had, you know, their share of coaching turnover and weird public embarrassment and problems finding a quarterback, you know, like a lot of the symptoms are the same, but Miami and Florida state until Florida state until recently, at least have done such a better job of being, uh, fireworks factories that are exploding on a larger level. Yeah. I think, I mean, the Miami stuff, especially when they were getting the top 10 dark horse playoff team hype. And then was it two weeks in the season? Cristobal was like, it's your fault in the media yep. for saying yeah. we're yeah, good. Sure. Right. I yeah. Think this is always a 10 out of 10 take from head coaches. I, yeah. I think we're the looking Mac Brown at take. First, I'll, I'll just say this now. Florida State is going to – that's going to happen to them too. Everyone's being like that. Like you look everywhere. It's oh, you, sne- you, you sneaky think Florida State. Okay. Everyone's okay. sneaky. Sneaky like Jordan Travis, pretty good. They're like, I don't know. And I'm just like – it's like we do this with the – I mean, I'm a fan of one of the teams, of Notre Dame, Texas. Sure. Like, or it says like they're back. And I'm like, are we really doing this because they – beat LSU off a missed extra point. Like right. they, they, that's like, this is what we're doing. And everyone's like, that's what we're doing. It's like, all right. It's, so I, I feel like Norvell just got that big extension. We can yeah. see, I feel like we could just see a very similar arc uh, in 23. It's, it's, it's fascinating because watching them play, I can see, I can see the case for it. Like when Florida state plays well, they're a really good team. The problem is, they have a really hard time playing well for a full game. Like their bowl game is a really good example. They played an Oklahoma team that I think was better than their record, but their record stunk. Right. And that was a close game into the fourth quarter. And you would like the Florida game was a similar thing. Like Florida was a team that by the end of the season was just like barely chugging along. I think a lot of the guys that knew they were going to leave were like already in that place. And Florida still comes within a possession of of sending that game to overtime. So there is kind of an open question of like, okay, while I'm sure it's thrilling to win these close games and have these comebacks and this, that, and the other, it kind of ignores that there are some consistency problems with Florida yeah. State. But it might be the kind of thing where it's like, they have so many players coming back. They have so many players coming in through the transfer portal where it's like, maybe that was, it's either this is the pre the prelude to Florida state gets really good again, or it's what you're saying where it's like, yeah. Oh, we decided to believe something despite ample evidence that um, there were flaws in the system. Yeah. And I, like, I think like you said, they're, they're a pretty good team, but all of a sudden it was just like, I had to play off pencil a minute, and I was like, "Where?" I was like, "I think, we took, <laughs> think we're skipping a year or two here." Yes, yes. Um, but so yeah, I don't know. I, I, I am very. There's a very interesting team for me in, in 2023, um, and they were before all the hype, and now with all the hype, I feel like it's going to be. Um, I hope we get a Joe Tess Texas is back, folks. Moment. Yes. Uh, yes. <laughs> <laughs> 
Now, speaking speaking of playoffs, I'm going to switch it up here. Um, Super Bowl, you know, as as a noted Eagles fan, yes. How, how, how are you feeling going into the Sunday evening? And nervous a little bit. So I was talking to another Philly fan about this today. Uh, today I had my first premonition of oh, too many too many national media people are um, feeling good about the Eagles, and I'm worried about that. I feel yeah. like that means that they're doomed. And I don't yeah, like I, I get that same that feeling too. Yeah. Just yeah. like, you know, we're, we're, we're commanders fans. And whenever someone says something good about the commanders and everyone's on the same page, we're like, well, hold on for a second. <laughs> like everything people are saying is right. It's been like, Oh, they have this incredible depth on the defensive line and they have this Jalen hurts operates this, uh, option run slash RPO offense that with the offensive line they have just makes life miserable. And so like, from from just a you know math and bodies perspective, I get it, and at the same time, I'm just like, but what if that's all wrong? What if that all <laughs> comes crashing down? I think that's frankly like part of what makes the Super Bowl in its in its current format because for, you know I'm old enough to remember the years when the Super Bowl was super was almost always lopsided, but the Super Bowl maybe more than any championship at this point does a really good job of sub- subverting expectations on a consistent enough basis where you you would be foolish to feel too confident in almost any scenario. I think like the one exception to that is probably like that um that Rams Patriots Super Bowl with Jared Goff. You were like, "Oh, Jared Goff does not have the sauce." <laughs> yeah. No, that's not going to happen. Yeah. I yeah, that because yeah, like you said we are young enough to cuz Super Bowls, as long as we've been around, have been awesome for the most yes. part. And then watching that game, I was like, is this what it was like for 20 yes. years? <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. Like, by like half into the second quarter, I was like, this sucks. <laughs> yeah. Right. Right. Yeah. yeah. Um, there was, a, I mean, I, I don't gamble on sports because I have a vivid memory of, I don't remember how old I was, maybe like 10. The San Diego Chargers were, um, in the Super Bowl. I think they were playing the Niners. I think that's the year Steve Young won his Super Bowl. And at the start of the game, my dad was like, okay, let's bet five bucks. Um, you take the Chargers. How many points do you want? And, and I don't know what the actual spread of the game was, but I was like 21. And he said, okay. And I'm pretty sure by halftime I was losing the bet. And I was just like, I'm not doing this ever again. This Less sucks. Now I have to care about the Chargers. <laughs> yeah, big mistake. A huge mistake. I feel like no one cares about the Chargers, including players on the Chargers. It is. It's funny because I think that wasn't true as recently as like five years ago. Like I think the Chargers were a super beloved part of San Diego, but once the writing was on the wall that they were leaving, like. Everybody who was a Chargers fan was like, nope, I am done with this. I will walk away, which I kind of admire. Like, that yeah. doesn't usually happen. Um, but now it has created a weird sort of vacuum of sorts. Right. Yeah, I kind of hope if Bezos buys the Commanders, something similar happens. He moves them to somewhere in Delaware, and I can mm-hmm. say, all right, guys. It's been, <laughs> yeah. it's, it hasn't been fun, but see ya. <laughs> but it, right, right, right. Mm. Um. Yeah, so how did your uh, the the go my name is Penny Go Birds thing, where did that come from? Um so 
the reason I'm a Philly fan, the reason I'm an Eagles fan, I should say, because the other Philly sports, like, I don't care about the Flyers. I think it's funny that the Sixers are a perpetual mess. I, I enjoyed this iteration of the Phillies in the World Series, but, like, have no real investment in them. The Eagles, I kind of memed myself into liking. And it really does start with that run in the that culminates in Nick Foles beating Tom Brady in the Super Bowl. The short version is, I like the chaotic energy of the Eagles as an organization, as a fan base, as like a Twitter community. I think it's just really fun. And one day I got up on a Sunday or something and I was like, I want to find the most absurd Eagles jacket on eBay. And for the record, I found much uglier and crazier and more ostentatious Eagles jackets than the one I eventually purchased. But the one I have has like the old Kelly Green, you know, big Eagle logo. uh, And it also is personalized Penny. It's a men's jacket, men's large. And I talked to uh, a, a Pennsylvania friend of mine. And her theory, which I'm going with because I like best, is that the previous owner of this jacket either was incarcerated or worked in a penitentiary. And that's why their name is Penny. (laughs) I was thinking it was sort of like that episode of The Simpsons where Homer gets Marge a bowling ball molded to his fingers. And (laughs) the guy's his wife, Penny, he's like, I got you a jacket. (laughs) I love you. I love you, babe. (laughs) Entirely possible. Yeah, Yeah. But now, um, I find myself in the uncomfortable position of uh, actually caring about what happens to the Eagles, which confuses a lot of people since I never lived in Philly and certainly didn't grow up an Eagles fan. Yeah. Well, I think, I don't know. I'm kind of with you on, everyone's really hyping them up. So I'm, I'm tempted. I'm just saying, I got to go. I don't know. Like you said, like anything seems possible. The Eagles are so good. That defense is so good. But then I just look at the other side and go, oh, they got Patrick Mahomes. Yeah. I mean, they they have the one player in the NFL who you, as long as the game is within two scores and there's at least a minute 40, it's like you can't rule it out. Yeah. The, the one thing that probably sticks in everybody's mind which is uh, which is helping the Eagles hype train is the last time we saw Patrick Mahomes in a Super Bowl where he was just running for his life, where his offensive line could not protect him. And so I think reasonably people are looking at this and saying, like, that's going to be a repeat of that. I am, like, not so bold as to think that Mahomes and that coaching staff didn't learn something from that yeah. experience. I would hope that they have a plan for – obviously you want to – not get to the place where you're like, well, shit, rushers are coming free. What do we do? But if they are, I would like to think Kansas City has some sort of idea what they will do in that nightmare scenario, and it will be better than what they did against the Bucks a few years ago. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I just, again, like, I just really want to avoid that Rams Super Bowl. I just like it when, yes. when it's, as long as the game's good, I'm, ha- I'm having a good time. I'm not, especially. Whenever it's like the last game of the football game of the season for months and months and months, like I'm not watching the XFL. Like, I'm come on, I have too much. <laughs> I have a little too much respect for myself. Yeah. So it's just like when that last game is awful, you're just it just puts such a bad taste in your yeah. mouth until uh, you know late August. Yeah, yeah, I agree. 
Yeah, there's like XFL games too. I know DC's got a team, and I, we were talking to somebody today about, you know, I might go to a game. It's like two and a half hours away from here. And then I see like every game is Sunday night or Monday night. I'm like, no. Yeah, I'm good. It's a big ask. <laughs> yeah. Tickets are it's like, a big ask. Well, once you see tickets for like $200 to watch yes, an XFL Yeah, if you game, want good seats, they're like 200 on. bucks. And I'm like, no, I'll pay like 15, 20 bucks. Right. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. Right. It's, you, you get them in with the, with the $20 ticket, and then they buy nine beers. I thought that was sort of the XFL business model. <laughs> get, get enough Heineken's in them so they buy a hat or something. Like, I yeah, thought that was sort right. of the, the plan. Yeah, uh, like Jordan Tomu is the DC team's like drafted quarterback. Ole Miss, Ole Miss favorite. Yeah, yeah. So. That's uh, okay. That's all right. Good. <laughs> um. So I wanted to I want to talk a little bit about the full cast. Okay. Um, I've been listening to the show for like eight or nine years at this point. Sorry, um, <laughs> but. It, it is, despite, since it's the internet's only college football podcast, it is both the best and the worst. Um, but what what do you think about the show, like, works and, like, resonates with people so much? Um, I think the, the, uh, the best thing about the show is also the worst thing about the show, and that it's that we make no effort whatsoever to think about like what a sports podcast should be like we really i can't emphasize that we are allergic to planning scripting doing sort of like the normal preparatory work and so as a result it can be a very baffling experience to people who are new because you'll get an episode that says like oh this is the rose bowl preview and you're like, it's been 38 minutes and they haven't even said the word football once. <laughs> What's happening here? But I think I think that helps us. And this is this sounds like much more savvy and intentional than it is. I think that helps us stand out and be different. Um, even even the stupid Spencer tagline of the only college football podcast. I hope people understand that that's a very knowing reference to all the other very good college football podcasts that are out there. And we, at least I, recognize that if we tried to do our version of insert successful, more straightforward college football podcast out there, it would just be kind of a pale imitation. And I think because we just sort of take it where we want to take it, it adds a level of spontaneity and... um and unexpectedness that keeps it interesting, hopefully keeps it interesting. I know it keeps it interesting for us as the hosts because we don't ever get to that part of the season where it's like, all right, we got a preview week nine and week nine sucks. And we're tired of talking about, you know, I, the Iowa offense, uh, but we got to, you know, we got to talk about what the playoff picture, like we don't have to do any of that at any point. So I think that is, in many ways, very uh, creatively liberating, even if it yields confusing things like Antioch the Birthday Spider. Mm-hmm. That, that was a personal favorite of mine. <laughs> <laughs> I, 
I yeah, I remember the the first time I found y'all. You know, I'd followed one or a few of you on Twitter, and someone finally posted the link, and um, I think it might have been the first podcast I ever listened to, like period. Yeah, and I was like crying, laughing, and because like, and I I think part of what makes it so unique is that, like you said, like it's the only college football podcast that's like that, and it's just it's so different. Like, you know, I love the guys at the Solid Verbal or split zone duo but like you said it's just all very straightforward and serious um in not like an overly serious you know merit badgy way as godfrey likes to say yeah but it's much more straightforward and so just finding something that was so i was part of the joke but it was so different i think was like is really cool i think and that's why i still listen to it you know eight like i said eight nine years on well, yeah, thank you. I, That's very nice to hear. I, I remember uh, the first time I listened to Shutdown Full Cast, and I it, I got caught to that classic like Rose Bowl preview title, and then next thing you know, we're in, <laughs> a, a, just a random example like, oh, we're talking about how far Ronald McDonald would make it in Oregon Trail. Like, what's, going on? what's going on here? And, you know, <clears throat> listening like through all those episodes, and you know this. How how does it feel to have built such a genuine community? And you know, how do you feel about the alumni like your Jane Costanza or your Kirshner's your Richard Johnson's um first of all the, like I'll answer the second part first mostly it's just like oh man all of those people are way more talented than we are and it's it's very cool to see like Jane is a perfect example of like oh how fortunate and how uh, accidentally lucky we were that she sort of like palled around with us when she was clearly capable of mm-hmm. of like so many things. Richard and Alex are the same way. Action Cookbook is the same way. Like it's it's really fun to sort of like see people go off and just like far exceed. At least in my case, what like I couldn't do the things that they do, and I have no problem with. It. I have no problem admitting that. Like, I think it's just uh, there's a lot of admiration, and it is kind of fun that you get to feel like you were part of their story, even if in some small and maybe confusing way. Um, as far as the larger community goes, I think that has that has been. Um, with the full cast specifically, at least from my end, that has been a very delightful and unintentional outcome because we didn't set out or I didn't set out to say like, okay, we're going to make <clears throat> this uh, indie, vaguely improv, sort of inside joke, nonsense podcast and people are going to love it and people are really going to like it and these are the kind of people that that's going to be. It was really just like, we're going to do this for ourselves and to make each other laugh and we're going to publish it. And, and as you probably both know from the early episodes, the audio is going to be an absolute trash nightmare (laughs) um, because I was editing a lot of those episodes and spoiler, I have no training in that. Um, But to see people, not just to see people like it, but to see sort of like, the different kinds of people that like it has been a lot of fun because we get lots of people who love college football, watch college football and enjoy sort of our perspective that is clearly very steeped in 
the history and the culture of the sport and the go, you know, what's going on in it on a week to week, year to year basis. But we also get plenty of people who are like, I don't watch this sport at all. Like I only consume it through your podcast. And it's very, um, I think it's very nice, at least for me personally, that we can create something that is on the one hand, really hard to parachute into. And I recognize that we've, we, we've had bosses say like, this is insular and they're right. They're <laughs> totally right. Like there is no easy on-ramp to this show, but the fact that it can work for people who don't have to know a lot about the history of the sport, who don't have to follow what the recruiting classes are doing, who don't have to like fit the mold of a football fan in a lot of different senses is is really cool that we've been able to sort of like get that build that kind of community for sure yeah i think what's cool about it is like you know i realize i'm saying this as a white guy like there are a lot of like lgbt people and like 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 you said like different types of people who i feel like are introduced to the sport and all that like the lore of of feels like 98 in Tennessee or, or what have you through mm-hmm. your show. And I, I think that's, that's really cool. Yeah. Um, that's definitely a thing we take a lot of pride in as well. And I think mostly it comes from one of the hardest things to do. I think when you have what I'll call a more straightforward sports show is you want to, you want to project authority and expertise. You want to know what you're talking about. And the, you know, to use split zone as an example, those guys do like, I know the work that they put in behind the scenes. I know, like I have seen Godfrey take phone calls from insert uh former sec coach here at weird hours. Um, but, but I think the thing that we have going for us is that very clearly we don't take the sport too seriously, but we also don't take ourselves super seriously. And so I think hopefully that creates room for, communities that don't normally have uh, that kind of access to sort of say like, okay, I don't feel like there is an arm's distance here. I don't feel like this is only for people who are like them because they're all just calling each other a dumbass anyway. Spencer's over here arguing that he could befriend a lion. He's not smarter than me. He's not (laughs) smarter than anyone. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. I will say like it's um, college football Saturdays are like my favorite time of year, just solely because like having y'all as like a complimentary thing on Twitter while watch like who are we making fun of right now? Right, it's just like yeah. such a great thing to have like while we're watching games unfold. It's fun. Um, I think what has always appealed to me about the sport is that it is. It is a place, it is one of the few places left where you can point and laugh at um, at successful people failing. Mm-hmm. Like, And I don't mean that from the player's perspective, but it's like, yeah, this is the place where, you know, Michigan can lose to App State. So can Texas A&M, as it turns out. And, yeah. and they're, you know, you get upsets in the NFL, but at the end of the day, you're still like, these are still billionaires and these yeah. are still like salary cap, you know, we're we're talking we're really talking about apples to apples there but college football and college basketball obviously has this too it's just in a more constrained environment college football still has that capacity to sort of say like yep 
it it very much is like a haves and haves nots but sometimes the have nots really get to punch you in the solar plexus mm-hmm. and it's pretty great. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like that. I mean, there's nothing better than the run of, was it like three, four or five years in a row where uh, power five teams kept scheduling North Dakota state and, sure. li- and right. losing every yeah. time. And that was so great because everyone who knew was like, here it comes. And they're like, surely the leopards won't eat my face. <laughs> <laughs> and then, yeah. And then, yeah, so, uh, yeah, like, I think that that is what makes it fun and, and special and, and unique. Um, and you, you mentioned, like, you want to have fun with it. Is there any time you kind of revert to that caveman SEC fan brain? Um, for example, for me, um, I love it. I If I had my druthers, Notre Dame would never throw a single pass. I would want I, – <laughs> I, when they play power football, I'm like, that's right. That's how it should yeah, be played. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like this, something activates within me when they, when they go five and a half yards of carry. <laughs> um, hold on. Something is ringing in my room. One second. Yeah. I don't know that I do anymore because I, I think I definitely had that for a while. And, and part of my own personal, how I got here is when Florida won the 2006 national championship. I was like in a bar in New York, like basically sobbing. And at some point I sort of stopped and I was like, this is, this is a lot. This is like a very (laughs) big reaction to have to people you don't know. And a place that yes, you went to school and is important to you and whatever, but like you need to recalibrate a little. And then I got to go to the 2008 championship and that was a lot of fun. But at that point I was also sort of able to say, you got to do this once and you sort of like should hold this moment. Cause it might not happen there. You know, we talked about Virginia tech not that long ago. There are lots of schools that like have never gotten to this mountaintop Georgia for a very long time. I think their fans were like, well, it just might not happen for us. Yeah. Obviously we're not worried about that anymore, but, um, I think that has helped me sort of blunt whatever impulse that has. And now I, I mostly look at it from the perspective of, I just want the football to be interesting. I don't have a lot of personal preferences to like, it should look like this. The defense should thump like that. It should just be a ground game. Like as long as it's interesting, I'm on board. And that what the other thing I like about college football is that, that can take so many different paths. Like it is still the sport where you can have two teams face off and the the way they play football is just totally different and totally doesn't make sense, but they still have to do that against one another. It, it, what it reminds me of, are, are either of you familiar with the very first ultimate fighting championship? Oh, that is, was that, uh, what's the guy's name? Forrest Griffin? No, Forrest, this is or, this is before that. Oh, this, this is um, before that. This is this is this is this is even like before my time. I feel like I've seen that. I can't remember the guy's <laughs> name. I feel like I, I might have seen the highlight. So th- I'll give you the short version. The original UFC was supposed to be a tournament where you took fighters from different disciplines and you had them fight against one oh, another. Okay. So you'd yeah. have like a judoka fight a sumo wrestler, and you'd have somebody. <laughs> skilled in kung fu fight a boxer it was it was a lot like street fighter frankly 
And it made for horrible matches because like, this doesn't make sense. You're not supposed to have um, a kick, like a kickboxer fought a judo, a judo wrestler and ended up beating him and having two of the judo wrestlers teeth in his foot for the rest <laughs> of the, for the rest of the tournament. Cause they also had to do multiple matches. Anyway, what I like is this is a long way of saying what I like is that college football is the version of this that doesn't just go completely stupid. It's actually very entertaining. Like anytime that Oklahoma army game from what is that? Like four or five years ago now. Oh yeah. Anytime somebody has to play army and I think it's LSU that hosts army this year. I'm like, Oh, this is going to be great. They're going to, they're going to hate it. They're going to hate it. (laughs) You see that time of possession army, 25 minutes and the score is three zero. It's just going to be miserable. It's just going to be so stupid. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I bet it's, it's probably going to be a Death Valley too when it's like real hot and humid. No one's going to be enjoying themselves whatsoever. No, no, no. <laughs> can't wait. I'm going to pencil it in the calendar now. <laughs> <laughs> um, so an, another thing you do that I've always enjoyed is sort of like your annual – you pick a team to be a fan of. Mm-hmm. This year you were the world's most zen Ohio State fan. Yeah. Um, uh, what What has been your favorite of those? Um, gosh, I enjoyed being the, uh, world's most aggressive Stanford fan. That That's my favorite as well. <laughs> because I think that I, it was the Ohio, when you do something like I'm going to be the world's most Zen Ohio state fan, it inevitably trickles out to other Ohio state people who don't know that it's a bit and don't get what you're doing and are annoyed with you. But the nice thing about being, the world's most aggressive Stanford fan is there aren't really other Stanford fans out yeah. there to find out about it. So you're just a crazy person screaming in the middle of an abandoned mall. Yeah. And and that was, um, that was a lot of fun. So I think that has been the most successful uh, iteration of it this, this thus far. Although for a while I was like, I, I really was like, if Ohio state, beats Georgia and wins the national championship and I am just Zen throughout, I feel like I will really have something over my co-hosts who have all decided to align themselves so aggressively with Michigan. Yeah, that's true. That has been quite, I mean, maybe the most shocking turn of events is the, (laughs) the embrace of Michigan by the full cast uh, writ large. Um, My mom is a Michigan fan. So I do Mm -hmm. appreciate that. I um, mean, you know, all her all her brothers are, but maybe. What, do you think it was just the the Totoro tattoo and the general Michigan money cannon? Um, I mean, to be fair, like the pictures from last year's game just seem yeah. like absolutely magical. Like, how could you resist? So I think that is what really cemented it. Everything else sort of laid the foundation. But you're right. It's like Michigan has given money to the charity bowl lots of years. And Spencer already had those tattoos, and it's not like that stopped anybody from making fun of Michigan as much as they wanted. But I think the fact that they, the three of them were there for Michigan finally winning that game has like was a very special moment for them that has imprinted upon them in a meaningful way. That said, I wasn't there, and I let them do their Michigan thing, but I will make it clear that I am not on this team with them. I think Michigan is fine. I'm not like, I'm not out here trying to say like, I vehemently disagree with them, but um, I mostly sit back and let them, let them do their thing. Uh, 
I am not necessarily aligned with them on this particular <laughs> point. Yeah, I do. I mean, speaking of heel turns with Michigan, them becoming the catch me if you can coppers with the NCAA is phenomenal. <laughs> mm-hmm. like, they're just like, Jim, just say you got the cheeseburger for breakfast. He's like, I'm yes. not doing that shit. No, nope. yeah. like, lawyer up. <laughs> like, what is that? <laughs> there is, there is so much about Jim Harbaugh that, um, is beautiful and mysterious. He's such a wild card. Like I, every time I think of Jim Harbaugh, I think of this, this clip of him in a gladiator cutout re- reciting the you know I'm father to a murdered son. That's right. That's right. That's right. And you say all these like I don't think it would be possible to parody Jim Harbaugh. Like um, there's there's this show that used to air on Comedy Central for a couple years called Detroiters. The guy who does I think you should leave did it um, with Tim Robinson and Jim Harbaugh has a cameo in one episode where they're playing this weird game where you have to throw a football at a set of bowling pins and he's just being himself and he's got the khakis and he's got the hat and he's furious because he sucks at this game and he's insisting that like the angle is totally different and you know it's a scripted comedy and at the same time you're like this could just be found footage of Jim Harbaugh being furious that he's bad at a game. Yeah, I, I've i really, I, I've turned on him. At first, I was like, just, I'm so sick of this guy. Yeah. And like, the more you realize, you're like, this is not an act. This is, no. like, you're like, this is who he is. And I kind of have a lot more time for somebody like that, as opposed to, you know, Hugh Freezes or any of those guys. Right. Who, who just who are fake. I'm like, he's a, absolute freak show a total weirdo but he owns it and he's very genuine in that and i kind of love that about him and and love him for that i don't think he could be different like i think if somebody came (laughs) to him and was like you have to tone this down i think he would be like this is jim this is me living my truth (laughs) yeah he is yeah he's something else i i hope he i hope he never goes back to the nfl i hope he just Reigns over his weird little Ann Arbor fiefdom forever. I, I, at some point he's got to stop trying, but I also know that he won't. But right. I also, at this point, so many NFL jobs have opened and so many have gone to like, really? That guy? Candidates? That I kind of feel like whatever window he had is not going to happen anymore. Yeah. Once the Broncos thing didn't work, because that's the one I was like, oh, he's got, you know, LA and, Condoleezza, probably a whole thing. And then once that kind of like, I feel like it didn't really get off the ground. Right. I was like, I feel like it just might not happen. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's right. All right. We, uh, we're going to get to the game show real quick. Uh, it's me okay. between, between you and Patrick. It, it's a game I've ripped off from, um, you were on with Greg Wyshynski on Puck Soup. This is a ripoff of one of their games called Surely That's Gotta Be It. Um, Basically, I'm going to give you a prompt and it's going to have, you know, a few answers and you two are going to go back and forth. And if you've reached the, do you think you've reached the last answer? You say, surely that's got to be it. Um, So for example, um, teams that Stetson Bennett threw for 300 plus yards on in in 2022. Oh God. So, you know, you would say uh, TCU, they don't have to say you. Yeah. Right. And then back and forth, 
yesterday when I gave Patrick this example, he said Kent State. He did not throw for 300 yards against Kent State. I was so. going to say, I don't think that one <laughs> happened. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Okay. All right. So um, first one here, Ryan, you can start um, in honor of the news. This is times Iowa scored more than 25 points in 2022. Um, uh, all right. I should know this reasonably well because I looked at their schedule recently. I'm going to say Northwestern. Yes, that's one. Patrick, it's to you. Um, you said 20, 20 yeah. what? More than the 25 points that Brian Ferentz needs to save his job in, in 2023. Ooh. How many times did they do that this past season? Yeah, man. So you said Northwestern. Um, I say Rutgers, maybe. Yes, 27 to nothing or 27 to 10. Sorry. Uh, another, and then back to Ryan. All right. Um, if if it's, I feel like it's it's difficult if you're not looking at the schedule. So I can, I'll, I'll run through. So so South Dakota. I know they played South Dakota State. Yeah. And th- and that one was not one. I know they played Iowa State, and that one was not one. Can you will uh, can you give me their third non-conference opponent? Yes, that was Nevada. Hmm. Nevada wasn't good this year. But I don't know. Uh, I'll take a flyer. I'll say Nevada. Yes, that's correct. Patrick, okay. Patrick, okay. it's to you. Uh, I, I mean, sure, that's got to be it. He's right. He did it. <laughs> three, three times. Three times. <laughs> and, and two of those three times, it was by two points. I, I didn't break down if – surely a lot of those have got to be defensive touchdowns specifically. So. Oh, yeah. So uh, that's first, fantastic. First round goes to Patrick. Good job. Uh, round, round two, Patrick, we'll start with you. Um, a pet project of ours on the show this year was hating Texas A&M. Um, and so we're going to do Texas A&M conference losses. Uh, Patrick, you start. Um, damn. Why am I blanking on this right now? Uh, there, there, there's a lot of them. So <laughs> Auburn. Yep, that's one. Uh, I'll take an easy one, Alabama. Yep, there's two. Close game, but a loss. Yeah. Florida. Yes. Um, Ole Miss. Yep. South Carolina, right? Yep. All right. Uh, Mississippi State. Yep. Damn. Surely that's got to be it. Oh, he does it again, folks. <laughs> yes, yeah. I, this yeah. one I knew. This yeah. one I knew. Yeah. Mm, well done. All right, Patrick with the win. Um, okay, so we're going to move on to a, a couple of listener questions, and we'll, we'll let you get out of here. Cool. Thanks, thanks again for your time. This has been awesome. Sure. Um, from our friend Kami on the, the Puck Soup Discord, he says, what do you miss most about living in Tampa? Uh, the weather by far, like really didn't appreciate how nice it was to live somewhere where you could do normal outside stuff year round. You could play golf, you could swim, you could play basketball. It's like, like living in places where it is too cold and too dark to do those things sucks. 
and and true like i get why snowbirds are a thing i get why people who spend their lives in vermont are like i'm moving to florida and i'm never leaving i do get that that is something like i've always lived like from the furthest north i've lived is annapolis and the further south is charlotte so i've been very in that kind of zone yeah my, my friend lives in boston now and i didn't realize this so recently the sun sets at like 3 30 in the it's, winter it oh fucks my with god you. it's was, it's bad yeah I, when i first moved to new york i was like oh i think this is how you get horrifically depressed yeah. i I, I think that's when people talk about like, oh, East Coasters are so mean, New Yorkers are so mean. It's because of that. Like, yes. I think they, that, that's got to be it. Like, yeah, it's not pleasant. It super sucks. Yeah. Um, yeah, I just truly uh, – I, I have spent a little time in Tampa. I do like it down there. I was, I was surprised. Uh, I'd heard so many not-so-great things. But, <laughs> um, you know, I, I enjoyed my time down there. Uh, my friend was working at um, – the St. Pete campus of South Florida. And it was, it was really nice. It was a nice little, I, nice little town. I think Tampa is a great place to go visit. It's a super weird place to grow up. It's just super weird. Yeah. Like, it's the fact that I, the fact that I'm like, oh, right. That's the bank robber. Like, I remember the Burger King that had to shut down near my neighborhood because the cops blacked out the windows to deal with the bank robbery that was happening across the street. Like that's just a normal thing that happened (laughs) in my childhood because I grew up in Florida. Yeah. That, um, so I I guess that that's sort of off that question. Like I feel like because of what is it like the sunshine laws or something like that? Like Florida man is like very like notorious on the internet. And I was like, Florida is so crazy. In your experience, is that true? It kind of sounds like it was if they're blacking out a Burger King. <laughs> um, yeah, no, I think there is like a lot of truth to it. Some of it is that, you know, Florida is just a state with a lot of people. And as yeah. a result, like you just have you just have more opportunity for stuff like that. But at the same time, like where where most of the rest of the American South has long established social codes and we can have a whole separate conversation on like whether those are bullshit or not. Florida doesn't because most people who live in Florida, at least, at least for a long stretch of, you know, my life aren't from there. It's this weird mishmash of people who are like, I got sick of living somewhere cold or I transferred here for a job or I'm just not welcome back in the town (laughs) that I'm from. And as a result, like, there isn't really it's really good because it is a good place to sort of like be weird and sort of figure out who you are without a lot of uh over there's not like this is what a tampa man is like mm-hmm. think about how stupid that sounds <laughs> yeah. but at the same time it leaves open um it leaves open a lot of possibilities uh in all directions some of them like creepy and weird yeah well that makes sense um, and then another question from the, the Discord here is, how do you feel about your team, your team's quarterback, CJ Stroud, declaring for the draft, not coming back to Columbus after some speculation? Are we um, staying zen in the offseason? Yes, totally staying zen, um, not being distracted by false promises. Um, and, and listen, the media is here to sow Discord, and as a zen member of the Ohio State community, like... I, I only focus on truth and not rumor. 
And that's right. what keeps me on my path. Great. Um, Ryan, thank you again for joining us. This was uh, awesome. Again, just hopping on two random guys podcast. Uh, chat you. Chat Florida. It. It, was, it was awesome. Thank you for having me. It's been mm-hmm. a lot of fun. Do you, uh, do you want to do any plugs for our audience of... <laughs> um, honestly, like we've covered the shutdown forecast. Uh, if you try to find me on Twitter, I'm at Celebrity Hot Tub. Um, I'm not Eddie Murphy. I'm sorry if you thought, oh, thought that I was. I do have a question about Please, that. Please, hit me I up. I remember when you changed your profile picture <laughs> for like a day. Yeah. And it... The reaction was so weird. It was was bad. Yeah, Yeah, it was really. I think now, like Twitter has enough um, going on that people are mad about that I can probably get away with. Now that I have to find a new job, I should probably go ahead and not be Eddie Murphy from Coming to America on Twitter anymore. Um, But yeah, when that happened, I was just like, I'll just change it. Nobody will care. People change their Twitter avatars all the time. And and I got like a lot of heat for it. It was it was a strange day. Yeah, wow. it was. Yeah, I remember being like, "Oh, look, there he is." I think you were. Were you with Brutus? Yes, I was. Yeah. I was at. I went to um, Rutgers for. They held this event when they, as part of their like entering the Big Ten, they held this very weird event where all the other Big Ten mascots showed up, and you could like go. It was like they made a sort of like pop up museum for the the rest of the big 10 it's really <laughs> fucking weird but brutus was there and it was not that long after um the 2006 national titles so i was like hey will you take a picture with me and then i gator chomped him in the picture and he's just like <laughs> holding his head like oh no, oh, no. <laughs> yeah yeah, yeah um, people it's always nice when you are like oh i'll put a picture of my my real face on the internet and everybody screams at you to take it <laughs> See, I, you know, if I can give you a compliment here, I think you're a pretty good looking guy. I, Thank you. I, I've Thank never you. understood that heat either. They're like, whoa, he looks like that. I'm like, a I mean, man? I don't, I mean, I don't really get it. I think it's that, I think it's that 80s Eddie Murphy was so charming and so yeah. handsome that it's, it's a, like, it's a step well, down. I, mean, I know I'm not that. I get yeah. that. Yeah. So. All right, Ryan, thank you again for joining us. Um, yeah. Patrick, you're going to get, kick us out on the Go Dogs? Go Dogs. Oh, there he is. <laughs> Thanks, Ryan. Yeah, no problem, guys.